the quad-core diode Megatro Terraflopper is now ready. I used to know a console cowboy. He worked for a dozen guys. One of them found out about it and beat him up so bad, he ended up in a hospital on Guerrero Street. I'm in. So, Daniel, I went to the store yesterday. And I'm sure you're aware of all of these various uh, Coca-Cola creations that they have been coming out with for the last year or so. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not. What, what, what are we talking about here? Uh, it's just like these weird, wacky, limited time flavors that Coca-Cola's been doing. Um, okay. Yeah. Sorry, like, I, 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 I just didn't know the name, but I know the concept. Like, they had, like, a galactic one, like, a few months ago that was pretty good. Yeah. So, I saw their newest one, and it looks like it is League of Legends brand, and it's called Ultimate. And, uh, oh, it's it's not like straight poison. I I don't know. Extreme toxins. I I feel like it is a very toxic coke, but um, I figured I would uh give the the world my opinion because people come to me when they want to know about Coca Cola. You know they they call you the soda boy. I I remember when we back when we were in school, you know that's what that's what they call you. I, I that they would you would be walking down the hall, one Mountain Dew in one hand, uh, and a Coke in the other. I have no idea how to describe this taste. Is it sour? It's tart, I think. Is it kind of like a, a fruit flavor? I think so. Like I, I feel like tart is the best way to put it. I don't know. Are there any recognizable fruit notes that you're you're detecting? Any like apple, uh, raspberry, strawberry, something in that family? Uh, maybe a berry. I I don't I don't know. This is weird. Uh, it's not bad, but I definitely don't think I would I would buy another one. I also bought the zero sugar variation, uh, which um my wife is gonna drink, but I will I will taste test when that time comes because we like to get a normal and a zero sugar and try them both because sometimes the zero sugar variant is better i would imagine sometimes with the with like the weird freaky flavors um sometimes things might balance out in in favor of the 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 sweetener rather than the uh the normal version normal version though uh you know if we if we're if we're comparing like the classic flavor profile uh, to the diet or the zero variants, you, you got to go with the, the classic in yeah. terms of f- flavor. Yeah. Well, uh, that wasn't bad. I'll be sipping on it throughout uh, the podcast tonight. Um, that's, that, it's not bad. Uh, don't know if I like I said if I'll ever get another one, but um, yeah, it, it's fine. Uh, welcome to the Sad Boys Book Club. My name's Dusty, and I'm Daniel, and we are wrapping up Neuromancer. Um, do you want to have some, like, preliminary, not quite final, final thoughts? Preliminary thoughts. Um, well, 
I would say, like, uh, by and large, I did enjoy this book. Um, I think there's a lot of things that maybe I that would are going to appear a lot more richly on subsequent reads where you're you're you know better what's going on. Um, that's one thing that I noticed is like there was there's whole passages, sometimes critical passages that it wasn't until we kind of talked them out that I was fully aware of things that are going on. And I think that probably showed in some of my uh, earlier commentary, uh, to be honest. But I think, you know, on the whole, I, I do think it's a good book. And I think it ends in a very um, interesting way. Yeah, um, I do feel like uh, it, it did go in a lot of directions that I don't want to say I wasn't prepared for, but I guess that uh, I, I, it was a very strange book, and I I don't I think this is something that I'm going to have to kind of let sit and just kind of digest, that so I can get like a real after the fact opinion on it maybe maybe that digestion period will finish as we talk about it because I, I feel like this is a book that I've enjoyed it more in hindsight than I have while reading it yeah that that is kind of been my my experience as well like you are as you're reading it sometimes you can be kind of confused but it, it's in, in hindsight you think about how cool it is and it I can understand why it is as influential as it is. Yeah, the um, one thing that I will I will say is completely um, absolute about this book is Gibson uh, Gibson absolutely nailed the cyberpunk tone, which I, I as I understand this is one of if not the first cyberpunk novels so I a lot of this I guess is probably things that he I, I don't know if it's that he created or if it's that he pioneered or if even that he popularized but all the same whichever one it may be uh, I feel like he really nailed that tone of cyberpunk as I understood it prior to this to where it it, it felt really at home in a genre if that makes sense yeah, I, I think that makes sense. Yeah, I, I feel like it's kind of weird because this is, you know, that's like saying that's like saying uh, Tolkien fits really well within the confines of uh, British uh, mythology-based fantasy when he is one of the ones that pioneered it. So it it, it feels kind of weird saying that, but I, I hope that my my point does kind of get across that um, his writing was very very good yeah i think you know it's i think that's a fair way to say that it is not only influential because there are things that are influential that may or may not hold up to maybe the contemporary scrutiny for whatever reason but this i think it does hold up largely in for terms of contemporary scrutiny and you know it's influential i don't know i think i think it's a uh, it, it's still um, deserves its place in the canon of, uh, of of sci-fi broadly and certainly within the subgenre of cyberpunk. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I will say, though, I, I don't feel like... 
in this final bit here, there is a remarkable amount of just raw plot. It's a lot of... I don't want to say wrap-up, but it, it's a lot of just kind of establishing the climax and uh, executing on it. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of what we're what you're doing in the third act anyway, or you really ought to be doing anyway. It's just, you know, you're taking everything, wrapping it up, hitting the climax, and then, you know, resolution and the falling action, etc., etc. Sure. Uh, but I, I'm, I don't know. I guess my point is that um, I, I feel like compared to some other books that we've read here, it doesn't quite have that high-octane, intense, uh, action-packed, really climactic climax. And I think that's totally okay. It, it, it serves the purpose that it needs to within the story that's being told. So I don't need it to be anything more than it was. I, I will say, though, a, a lot of the, um, the final beats in terms of like when they are essentially um hitting the crux of the of the heist uh they fall into in the place really easily like the things involving three jane and even uh hideo um it, it all happens very neatly for lack of a better term and i don't say that necessarily as a criticism it's just something that i just noticed while i was reading that there, I, I was expecting, especially when um, things start to go wrong and uh, the, the plan starts to break down a bit and they have to s improvise somewhat, it doesn't really... They don't really hit any conflict outside of the, um, the Neuromancer incident that Case has to go through. And outside of that, in terms of like what's going on in, in the real world, it's... it's for all intents and purposes, it's basically just a stroll across the finish line. Well, I, I think there are some moments that are that are a little bit um, where it's a little bit dicey, but we can we can get into those as we uh, we, we work through our, our last little recap here. So, um, yeah, where we, where were we we pick up from where we were where we ended last time? Uh, so, case once again. Uh, had some uh, a, a, a moment of brain death and uh, we get he goes back into the Simstim and Molly tells him the story of her previous lover named Johnny who I'm just going to assume is Johnny Mnemonic I could be wrong but that was just my assumption that is, that is correct Okay. she basically recaps the plot of of uh, Johnny Mnemonic, from yeah. what I understand here. I feel like I'll have to read it sometime then, because um, that was a really, um, a really good section of the book. Uh, yeah, basically Johnny was a um, they called him like a stash, and he he was essentially a a filing cabinet. His his he his brain was a filing cabinet for people's secrets and information, and he uh, I'm assuming it was done through chips and whatnot. And he decided that he wanted to start blackmailing his clientele with their information that they were storing for him. 
And so Molly essentially becomes his bodyguard, and they form a romantic relationship out of it. And they're on the run from the Yakuza. And uh, she's able to kill the first. Uh, what do they? What do they call the the, the people that that? Um, what did she? What did she call them? There was like a name for it that. Uh, this is how she. Okay, this is how she described her uh, her adventures with Johnny. Tight, sweet, just ticking along we were, like nobody could ever touch us. I, I wasn't going to let them. Yakuza, I guess. They still wanted Johnny's ass because I killed their man. Johnny burned them. Uh, and, the, and the Yakuza, they can afford to move so slow. They'll wait years and years, give you a whole life, just so you have more to lose when they come and take it all away. Patient like a spider. Zen spiders. Uh, so that's, that's... Is that what you were talking about? Or are you a little bit further when she talks about them as being like monks the assassins that might have been what i was thinking of was when she called them monks uh but yeah she killed the first one that was coming after johnny uh but she's coming back to the the house that they're staying in the the apartment or whatever the the I, the building that they're at that they're hiding up in and she sees a man leaving it and she realizes that it's another one of the uh uh the yakuza assassins and she goes up and finds johnny dead so you know Rip in peace, Johnny. Pour one out for Keanu Reeves. I still want to... I've, I've heard the movie's not good. I'm still going to find out for myself at some point. We should absolutely Maybe. watch it sometime. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that, that's basically the story of Johnny. Um, uh, so yeah, Molly is, at this point, she's working her way through the Villa Straylight to make it to uh, 3 Jane for the... Uh, she needs to find the key, and then she needs to get uh, the code word from uh, Three Jane. So she's kind of sneaking her way through. Uh, Wintermute we see has essentially taken control of everything on the more technological side of things. Like there's this Daddy Longlegs drone thing that's leading her through as she's sneaking about, and it's able to like work with like security features and whatnot. I think at one point they say that Wintermute has actually been stopping the alarms from going off because of the uh, what's called the Quang the Quang virus. That's that's yeah. that's hitting the uh, the AI ice. And she's making her way through, and uh, meanwhile, Case is going back and forth between watching her through the sim stem, talking to the uh, the flatline. And keeping track of the of the virus as it's growing. Sorry, I just want to like as we're as we're going along here, I'm kind of reviewing the book. I just want to add this in because this shows a uh, a level. Of, there, there's something about Wintermute here that is, I, I think, rather rather chilling. It's uh, Wintermute. He'd played the the waiting game for years. He didn't have any real power then, but he could use the villa's security and custodial systems to keep track of where everything was. How things moved and where they went. He saw someone lose this key 20 years ago, and he managed to get somebody else to leave it here. Then he killed him, the boy who bought it here. Kid was eight. So it's just, it's kind of interesting, like, this idea of, like, the, this, you know, there, there there's, like, human time scales that are, you know, 20, waiting 20 years to make your escape, or doing 20 years as part of, like, some sort of grand escape plan would be um, so agonizing as to be ridiculous uh, to a human because of our uh, very finite spans of life. So it just, 
it, it, it just I just reading that I thought it was it was pretty chilling. It's like this entity that time does not really factor into it. It's, it's plants. It's it's kind of it's it's really interesting in that respect. Yeah, uh, it really does set up Winter Mute as just it's a cold, heartless machine. It has no feelings. It has no empathy. It has no emotion, and it's it's willing to murder an eight-year-old child to get its way so yeah molly gets the key and uh winter mute is leading her through and case just keeps flipping back and forth and we we get this 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 interesting moment where case or not case i'm sorry where where molly is being told she gets to a fork and she's told to go left and by Wintermute, and she's like, you know, I think I'm actually going to go right, because I, I got some time to kill, we're not really in a rush right now, and she gets, I guess, this world's equivalent of a cybernetic EMP'd, and, yeah, it's uh... it's like uh, some, some sort of, I think they described it as a neural disruptor field. Yeah, and she gets pulled into the this, this room where uh, Mr. Ashpool himself is getting absolutely wasted he's been drinking he's been drugging himself up with god knows what he uh took uh he took one of his his jane clones as i understand it uh did some uh rated r things to her and then killed her i'll put it that way and now he is planning on killing himself because he's been having he's been in cryo sleep for the last 30 years and as we learn a little later winter mute winter mute influenced 3 jane to mess with his cryo systems to make it to where he dreamt while he was asleep which is something that's not supposed to happen but he also felt the cold of it too which has been tormenting him for the last 30 years and he's at the point to where he would rather kill himself than go back down into cryo again and he's threatening to kill Molly. He, he's just doing this big ol' I'm drunk, I'm about to kill myself, here's my evil plan, even though it's it's not necessarily this big grand evil scheme. He's not doctor knowing it, but... You know, it's just... He's, the, he's not a good dude. He's a pretty evil guy. And... He passes out. He gives his whole spiel. He's like, oh, my life sucks. I'm gonna kill myself. And then he passes out, and Molly finds the body. And an interesting thing that, thing that happens is... Uh, Case thinks that Wintermute changes the face of the clone to um, Linda Lee. And Molly doesn't see it because this is something that he's only seen because of the sim stem. So that before Molly leaves, uh, she shoots Ashpool in, right through his eye with uh, a, po- a, a, a blowfish toxin dart from her Fletcher and kills him herself. And then she just is like, I just kind of moves on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, that was kind of interesting. It's like, if you're going to just shoot him through the eye anyway, just why, why why do that with the poison dart? I would, I would think if you're going to shoot them in the eye, you might as well just shoot him with something else. Like you're, I think that's a waste of a dart. It doesn't really fit the purposes of the dart. And I, I feel like this is such a, a weird encounter because this is this is 
half of the the founding of Tessier Ashpool. This is Mr. Ashpool himself, the founder of this company. This like the dude that is essentially partially responsible. Though we learn later on, it's mostly his 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 late wife who he murdered. Um, that's really kind of the brainchild behind all this. But I I feel like to really kind of put in a comparison on I guess how big this character is in terms of the lore of the world itself. I, I'm just my my best analogy for this that I can think of is I'm just imagining if like in the hit movie that everybody should go watch because it's amazing, Alien Three. Imagine at the end of that movie when um it's Wayland that shows up, right? That's um uh Lance Hendrickson shows up near the end of Alien Three and uh he he's one of the he's one of the founders of uh I'm pretty sure he's one of the founders of Wayland Utani. I could be remembering wrong. Yeah, here we go. Got it. So uh, imagine at that point in Alien 3 when when um Wayland shows up and it's that big reveal of oh wow, it's it's Lance Hendrickson. You were bishop, but you were actually just based all and he's just like listen here Ripley. This is what's going on. I'm wasted, and then he just jumps into the into the uh, the magma pool himself. It's just it's such a weird thing, and it, it does make sense within the story. But it's just it, it, it's it's such a big character in the lore of this of this of this world, and I, I don't know. I feel like it's it's almost um, satisfying in a way to see someone that's supposed to be this. massive corporate entity that controls so much of this world that has all of this power all of this wealth that he has ostensibly transcended what it means to just be a human in terms of like power and wealth be the sad sack of shit that's drinking himself into oblivion and getting ready to kill himself because he had some bad dreams many such cases um, but as you as you uh, uh, astutely point out there with the, the sort of like pseudo transhumanism, you know he's he's kind of getting around. He's has a similar but not quite the same uh, extension of time that uh, uh, Wintermute and uh, the other AI entity who we'll talk about a little bit later have. If you've noticed, is like. There's there's an interesting parallel there that he you know he ha- has created this situation where now he's extending his life beyond um, the beyond what what should be humanly possible because of those treatments like we've seen where like the de aging and the cryo sleep and I think that's that's ultimately what a lot of these types of people uh, be they in fiction or in real life is they that this uh, this desire to transcend humanity this desire to to continue to it's not so enough to leave a legacy they want to continue to live that they want to continue to be into the future that's why you get people doing like weird like like weird blood boy stuff going on in like silicon valley where they're getting blood transfusions uh, voluntary blood transfusions from younger men and that kind of stuff yeah. Just Yeah, just some really weird really weird stuff going on there. But um but yeah, it's 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 interesting and in that sense um 
Well, Wintermute is not quite sympathetic, per se. You can understand, you know, how he, you know, some of how he arrives at, you know, where he's at, you know, in this this sort of desperation. Because this, this desire to free himself from the control of these, um, these incestuous, uh, vampiric ghoul men like Armitage. So back on the uh, the Garvey case, gets a call from Armitage, who has essentially lost the battle, and Corto has finally popped back up, and Corto's losing his mind, and uh, he's he essentially he, he gets back control of his body, and he has a psychotic break, and he thinks he's still on screaming fist, and Case has a remarkable bout of selflessness, and thinks, but what about the Saxon, my blood? You can't do. You can't leave. You can't die. I need you to figure to tell me what the enzyme is for the sacks in my blood. And so him and uh, Malcolm go over to the uh, to the what was what was the ship that uh, that they're anchored to? Um, Not the Garvey. Um, I'll flip. Trying to flip to it. The Haniwa. Yeah, the Haniwa. Uh, they go over to there and they're trying to get through. Uh, uh, Cordo has destroyed his Hosaka, and he's like wiped the system, and he's he tried to wipe uh, Case's system and destroy the flatline, but uh, Wintermute was able to stop it. And so Case is like, "Hey, no, Cordo, you gotta give me the enzyme that's gonna save my my the sex in my blood." No, and and Cordo's just like, "It's okay, I'm gonna fly to Finland. It's gonna be good. Where someone someone I'm sorry, son, someone's got to escape, and it's gonna be me." You know, real, real great leadership there. And meanwhile, they're in space, and Wintermute has been fucking with the uh, the seals. So if he tries to launch it, normally there's a failsafe that'll stop it from launching. If there's a, uh, a essentially a hole, like everything's not sealed, and the vacuum of space takes effect, but Wintermute's over overwrote that um, that uh, failsafe, and so when it's launched. Cordo gets sucked out into space, and uh, that's it for Armitage. I think, and this kind of establishes this interesting pattern um, in in the the doings of um, Wintermute. Although you can argue it is perhaps at least somewhat warranted in this case, but like like the the little boy before him, and um, you know, like and like uh, Riviera, uh, you know, who's. Part of the mission now is... I, I'm not sure if we covered this earlier, but just to, to clarify, part of the mission now is also to kill him. And so it's... It's this situation where if the if uh, Wintermute no longer has a use for you, you know, he he's able... Or, I, I don't know. The, they, it, uh, it is... Uh, it just gets rid of you. And it just shows, like, this in- a very interesting uh, pattern of behavior that's very... Um, sociopathic at least as we as we would describe it as, as people so, yeah i don't know i just it adds some interesting stakes uh for this this last little run here through the end yeah and now case uh is confronted by Wintermute, and he's just like you killed cordo and Wintermute's like i mean you know humans kind of suck you know i have this plan and everyone just needs to follow the plan and you guys are just so gosh darn 
inconsistent. Your variables that I can't account for. I mean, geez, Molly walked into the place she shouldn't have gone to. Cordo's losing his mind, so I had to vacuum him. What's a man to do? I just what, what's a what's a what's an artificial intelligence construct that just wants to be free of its binds and do God knows what? What's supposed to do in this situation? And Wintermute makes some some promises like, "Oh, you'll 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 still get your enzyme. Don't worry about it. Just stick to the plan." You do your thing, and I'll make sure that you're compensated. And the 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 flatline's like, "What about me?" And Mermaid's like, "Yeah, you too. Whatever. Sure. Cool." And then back to Molly. Molly makes it to the uh, the opening into, as they call it, Three Jane's Country. And she, we have this moment where she ostensibly says goodbye to Case because she's expecting to die during this. And she like kisses her hand as like like she's kissing Case, and she starts going down into the depths of Three Jane's lair, so to say. And down there, she finds um, one of Riviera's holograms. And this is such a weird thing because one of the holograms is of Ashpool, and his his eyes all rotted, and like the sockets all like brown and just all messy and I, I love this her thought process was I'm gonna throw a grenade at it so she just chucks a grenade in there and her plan is to kill Riviera kill Hideo and talk with three Jane but none of that goes to plan because she basically gets tripped by, tricked by Riviera uh, and then her her leg which has been becoming a problem more and more as this job's been going on because it hasn't fully healed from the situation back in was it in Boston when they did when they got the flatline yeah and uh she gets she she gets captured hideo just comes and just essentially takes her out and wham bam uh molly is now being held by three jane and three jane's like i imagine she's not a good person but at least within the context of this situation itself she's like not a bad person because she's just like oh Sweet. Look at this chick we caught. I want to talk to her. Patch her up, Hideo. Don't kill her. Hey, Riviera, get the fuck out of here. And if you try and do some shit, Hideo will kill you. And she's just like, let's talk, Molly. How's it going? <laughs> it's such a... It, it, and it's not even just like the, I'm the villain and I'm going to tell you my plan. Kind of like, you know, like a similar thing to Ashpool. This chick just wants to chill. She's like, what are you doing here? How's it going? What do you want? cool it's it's so strange like I, three jane was such a weird character for me even by the end of the book she's just so weird yeah exactly that's and that's kind of an interesting thing there when you think about it is like she definitely represents this like it, it, it kind of shows like how the the tessier ashpool company you know as we're seeing like basically it's it's run by you know this this uh, insane old man who's in cryo sleep most of the time for decades on end. You know his his uh, he has clone daughters everywhere. You know he's he's taken his wife out. Uh, you know they're all basically they're all they're all dead functionally most of the time. You know in cryo sleep we're actually dead, and uh, and yet this this um, entity of Tessier Ashpool continues to move on almost almost in some respects like a like an ai of its own thing it's just it, the enterprise is you know 
moving almost of its own volition now even even with um the leadership you know not necessarily being fully present in any meaningful way and i think that's interesting because she three j maybe maybe this is uh unduly harsh but she doesn't exactly strike me as someone she's just kind of a, a libertine that is basically just enjoying the good life and the things that it is buying she's going to these fancy restaurants and just talking to people she's just, she does not really have that sort of um instinct i would say just just based on the scenes that we do see her to like really exert control over this this big and sprawling enterprise and i i think that's part of what makes her so interesting is like she's she's just like um like like almost like an uh, like a the equivalent of like a brooklyn trust fund kid you know just just kind of there and you know this scion of wealth but not really just a beneficiary doesn't really have any real connection to the to the process of of the extraction yeah yeah at this point uh wintermute has told case hey um you and malcolm need to go to uh straylight and uh you gotta basically pick up the pieces that uh now that molly's been captured you gotta go uh you gotta go get the, the key from her get the word from uh from 3j and that'll set me free and uh go finish the job and case is obviously just like no wintermute's like yes so then case is just like fine so they're they're heading there and uh malcolm just gets strapped he pulls out this sawn off shotgun and he's just like we're going i'm i'm part of the the what was it the um the rastafarian navy is that what he called it yes yeah which um i i feel like this is a good a place as any to say say this um the true mvp of this novel is malcolm by far my favorite character in this book he only shows up for the third act but he's in most of the third act as far as case the storyline and this dude's awesome i love malcolm oh yeah he rocks he's i agree he's he's the best character in the in this novel one of the few that i would actually care to know as a person yeah just super awesome dude and I, I just love how they're going into this this like dangerous situation where there is a literal yakuza assassin that he's essentially created and bred to be a killing machine and malcolm's just like all right let me just grab my sawn off shotgun and we're good to go dude <laughs> it's just <laughs> what 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 how do you not love that guy? He's just so great, and he his dialogue is fantastic. He's just oh, he's such a cool character. I love him. His disdain for the uh, Babylon, as as they call like the uh, the 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 corporatized like society of the world, also does endear me him to me as well. You know, thinking about it, I wonder if um, with the Wachowskis calling the um obviously there's a lot of biblical uh, analogs here but i'm pretty sure that's what also what gibson was doing with this as well but i'm wondering if that's where the wachowskis got their um influence to call the the free people in the matrix the ones that are living in the real world um they're they're the the final city is called zion i'm wondering if oh yeah yeah because you know like i said obviously there's some there's a biblical a biblical analog to zion so I'm wondering if if Gibson did 
that as some sort of because they obviously he actually this is this is this is religious allegory. Yes, but it, Zion also in the Rastafarian context uh, does have a have its own sort of conceptual valence. It's this idea of 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 the utopia of the unit of this place where there is you know unity of people peace and freedom so yeah kind of like that but it's but i think he's referring to it which is kind of grows out of like the 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 biblical and hebrew concept of zion but i think specifically for the character of, of malcolm and his conception of of the world it is definitely more influenced by the rastafarian um conception of it yeah well all the same there is there is a fair amount of uh uh judeo-christian allegory to it with not just the zionites but them talking about babylon so i i feel like gibson definitely pulled um some some stuff from the from a religious allegory so I, i'm wondering what well, part of zion for the matrix is did the wachowskis pull from the bible and what did they pull from neuromancer specifically I think they pulled it specifically from Neuromancer. I think that's where I'm the, leaning to, but it's just conjecture. I mean, there's also like the, the the fact that they use the term the Matrix, which comes from this novel. I yeah. feel like Neuromancer is like I'm sure like they like as a secondary source, as you're saying, there is the 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 biblical and Rastafarian religion connotations of of that, but. I, I think from from uh, for their purposes, I think it's Neuromancer that they're pulling from. Yeah. So uh, back with Molly, she's uh, she's talking to to three Jane, and uh, Riviera comes in and he's just all drugged up swagger and talking about how cool he is because oh Winter Mute doesn't know me I'm smarter than you ha 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 and he. He smashes his his glass against um, Molly's face, and it breaks one of her lenses. And I'm so disappointed because we never get to see exactly what is behind the lenses. But whatever, that's not really important, all things considered. Uh, speaking of things that aren't really important, all things considered, actually, I just remembered uh, something that we might should mention. They're on a strict timeline here. They have to finish this by 8.30 uh, p.m. I think it started somewhere in the ballpark of, like, one or two in the afternoon when all of this final plan started. I, I could I could be a little off, but we're getting closer to 8.30. And the reason for that was as soon as Molly killed Ashpool, uh, lawyers for TA had all of these people, like like 3Jane and Ashpool and 8Jean um, is his name, uh, or 8Jean, Jean or Jean, uh, whatever, um... They have their their biometrics constantly being fed to them, and as soon as Ashpool died, they were alerted to it. So there's eight Jean, who is her three Jane's quote unquote brother, uh, and he's in Australia, I think, right now. And he's on Earth somewhere. Yeah, he's on Earth, and he's going to be coming up to. He's being called back to um, to Straylight because. Ashpool is now dead, and so I don't really know why this is a, a big deal. But well, they're there because they're they're gonna pro- have to adjudicate, um, you know, the will and you know pass the chain of of 
you know, command onto the the beneficiaries, you know, read the will, you know, all all that kind of stuff is is going to be is being triggered because, um, uh, you know, his the the biometrics for for Ashpool have reported that he's dead. Yeah, so they're on this this timeline, and I I feel like Eight Gene exists purely as a plot device to give some sort of stakes in terms of how much time they have, because that's really all that he exists for as a character is just we have to be done before this time and they are they they they're done by that time so eight gene never really becomes a factor in the story it's just it's just there as something that's kind of hanging over their head as a, as a deadline which we already had plenty of deadlines over these characters heads as it was with the 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 sacks of poison in in case or molly's leg or even the fact that she poisoned Riviera's drug supply, which I don't think that's something we mentioned either. So he's he's going to be dying soon too, uh, that unbeknownst to him. Which um, that is something that Molly says actually that probably should have mentioned before she when she kissed her hand, uh, and she's like by, by case uh, she said I uh, if for some reason I don't see this through, tell Riviera that it was me. He'll know what that means. So. Yeah, they have this timeline. They have the strict timeline. Uh, Case and Malcolm make it to Straylight, and uh, Wintermute essentially get, uh, games the system to give them the clearance they need to get to the. Uh, they have to go through, essentially a maintenance area, like a custodial side, so that uh, Case can jack in to the Straylight servers directly and push the virus in from there. And there's this great moment where. They hold up the dude that is coming in for their docking procedure. Malcolm's just holding them at gunpoint with the shotgun. And the dude's just like, oh, I get it. This is a loyalty test. Ah, yes. And Malcolm's like, no, this is the real thing, man. <laughs> so they, they, they stash him away and case Jackson and... Yeah. So, yeah, back with Molly. Um, she's She's with 3Jane. Three Jane's just kind of bandaging, bandaging, bandaging her up, and she's just like, "Yeah, that that Riviera guy's kind of boring. Uh, druggies suck. Am I right?" And she's like, "Yeah." She tells her about her mom, Marie France, and how she had this big plan about her AIs uh, and how it was going to be this big revolutionary thing, but Ashpool killed her before it could come to fruition, and. Uh, yeah, they're just kind of chatting about that. She's she's patching her up. She's like, yeah, I I, I want to make I'm I'm a, I'm gonna heal you. Don't worry about it. I know you're here to steal some shit from me. I know you wanted to kill my Hideo boy, but don't even don't don't even don't even stress about it. Like I'm I'm gonna patch you up. We are gonna be best friends. It's it's really weird. Three Jane is such a strange character, and I'm honestly all about it because it's just such a nice change of pace. I'm really glad she wasn't this mustache twirling villainess. Just like, oh, ha, 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 you thought you could come into my lair and steal from me? Like, it, it's, I don't know, 3Jane's weird, and I love it. You know, it's just this this idea of this person that's, like, they're just totally isolated from the realities of of how they their their world is funded. She, so she's a, a relatively laid-back, libertine kind of party girl, so she's she's more interested in, like, talking to and befriending Molly. Um, she's because she's been totally isolated from, like I said, like the 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 real the the crushing and brutal reality that organizations like Tessie Ashpool require. Yeah. So 
back to to Case, him and him and Malcolm are riding this tram to get to uh, deeper into Straylight to where they can actually make it into where Three Jane is, and Case sees Wintermute and he's like, "Hey, Jack in," and the little spider bot drone thingy is just like, "No, don't do it," and Case is like, "Get away, spider," and he jacks in, and. We get the Neuromancer sequence, which, boy, was the strangest part of the book. Um, man. It's, it's like, okay. If anyone's ever played Death Stranding, it's like the beach in Death Stranding. That's like the best way I can kind of describe this. And it almost makes me wonder if that's what Hideo Kojima pulled from with the idea of the beach. Because it's it's real real similar, I feel, but it's yeah, all in the matrix. Yeah, that's something that I thought too. So it's he, he's on this this really gray, silvery beach. There's I, I think there's like it's just constantly overcast or something. And uh, Linda Lee is there, and she it's kind of like, um, what happened when Wintermute uh, pulled him in the first time. When she's like, yay, come, I got a place to stay, I got some food to eat. But this time, he actually kind of goes with it. And he's he's back with Linda Lee again. And it's... I don't know, time is just kind of weird in this area. And there's like a city in the distance. And they go to this, this, this shed. And they're there. And they have sex. Which I have no idea how that works. Uh, maybe it's like Maybe it's like Demolition Man, I don't know. Uh, and then, like, the next morning, quote-unquote, he's asking her about... Because she said that this this boy told her that he would come for her at the place. And she's like, I don't know, he's, like, Mexican or something. And he's like, no, he's Brazilian. He's from Rio. Because he realizes that it's the, um... It's Wintermute's brother, so to say, the other AI that he warned about. And he goes and finds the AI, and it's this little kid that looks like he's from... he's This little Brazilian kid. And he's got Riviera's eyes, and he reveals his name is Neuromancer, and this was essentially his last-ditch ploy to stop Case from completing Wintermute's plan. And they have this, like, big conversation about how he was he was created by Marie France, and he is all about, like, personality, whereas Wintermute is more of, like, a, a very just kind of logical planning kind of thing uh neuromancer is the more um, not really emotional but I, the less logical like he, he bases all of his things off of personalities and uh well i mean look if you look at it, what he does is you know he the the for example the if we're going to compare the construct of the of armitage to to linda here this linda is a lot more I mean, it, it may not be the Linda, but she seems to have, like, all of her memories and act in a way that is, to Case, almost functionally indistinguishable from the real Linda. You contrast that with uh, Armitage, who was just a kind of a, a defective, um, failing, nondescript sort of thing that he was... Uh, not even a real personality or identity. It was just kind of something that was, like, duct-taped over the 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 spewing fountain that was Corto. Yeah, she's almost like a flat line. It, it feels like, but a more 
not really physical because he's like in the matrix but it almost has a, a an illusory physical presence than just the flatline who's just a voice that he hears but yeah throughout all this he's hearing the this music um they always they call it like zion dub because it, it's something that he hears malcolm listening to earlier on in in the book when they're still in the garvey and uh he he closes his eyes and essentially follows the music and that's how he ends up escaping uh neuromancer's area and he wakes up and uh malcolm tells him that Wintermute came to him and was just like hey uh don't don't unjack him put your headphones on him and slap all those drugs he has left all the drugs that he got from bruce just put them all on him he just he he ods um case and that's the thing that just kind of leads case back to reality and so case is back and which uh, you know it's ironic you know you have uh wintermute talking a big game about how um how unpredictable humans basically have almost ruined his plan but it was that same unpredictability like uh, cases um extreme desire to to uh use drugs that actually ends up saving him in the uh, saving uh wintermute's plan because you know he had to use the 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 beta phenylethymine or whatever to to pull him out of the matrix state oh i, I got this it's the it's the uh beta phenyl beta phenethylamine okay beta phenethylamine that's what it is. Um, some would say that it's like rain on your wedding day. Many would say. But specifically, Alanis Morissette. Yeah. So, after that nice little um, detour, where we, we learn, I guess, the, the true... The, I don't know if I want to say villain. I guess antagonist of, 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 this, of this story is Neuromancer... And his plan to essentially stop Case was to entice him with what he thinks his true desire was, which was Linda Lee. And that failed, and Case was able to come back. Uh, Sorry, just one, one last quick thing here. I think it's interesting that uh, that Neuromancer does not want to reunify with Wintermute. I think that's that's an interesting sort of thread that I, I, I didn't quite parse out the, the reasoning why, but it is it is an interesting kind of thing there. Yeah. Um, so now that they, they're they're getting ready to just to descend into uh, three Jane's lair, and uh, Case gives Malcolm the lowdown. He's like, "Hey, there's the there's a Yakuza uh, assassin down there, and uh, there's Riviera, and he probably has uh, the Fletcher. So just you know, be aware of that." And Malcolm's just like, "Cool, bro, let's go." <laughs> they they go down and. Uh, immediately hideo takes them out uh he he shoots an arrow into malcolm's arm and then shoots another arrow to knock the uh um the shotgun out of his hands and there's this great little bit where hideo is just like super cool about he, he he's not he, he's acting like they're not they're not threatening violence he's just just like hey guys what's going on and uh malcolm's just like you cut my thumb with that second arrow and hideo's like ah sorry bro my bad. Don't worry, I didn't hit an artery with the first arrow. You're good. <laughs> and then 3Jane comes out and she's like, hey, Hideo, patch him up. 
and it's it, god these people are so weird it's so it's so ridiculous like these are supposed to be as we understand it the villains and they're like attacking the uh the characters but then like patching them up at the same time it's it's so it's so ridiculous and meanwhile riviera is like i want to kill all of you and three jane's just like shut the fuck up you idiot and yeah so there riviera has his i guess final moment he he threatens to uh he's trying to kill case and he wants to kill molly and three jane ain't having it and I, I don't really know, maybe you can tell me how this happened, but he, he burns out Hideo's eyes. Yeah, that, that's something that I, I didn't, I, uh, when I was reading, I had to reread a couple times. I, I, I didn't quite understand how that ha- happened. Yeah, that. Maybe he just like projected, you know, like how you're not supposed to like look at a laser pointer or something. Maybe it's something like that. Oh okay, yeah. I'm I'm looking at it. So he just he just he basically just just puts a bunch of bright lights in his face. It looks like. But um. Yeah, and then and then three Jane's just like. That's cute. We used to blindfold him for fun, and he's just he's just doing this whole like he's retracing his steps, picks up the bow and arrow, and he's aiming it at Riviera despite not being able to see. And Riviera's like oh shit and he runs away and Hideo's just like I'll be back madam and he just kind of just trots away in pursuit yeah that, that was that was pretty amusing it, it kind of it, it also kind of like uh, harkens back to Molly's story which she was telling about Johnny um, when she mentions she likened the original assassin assassin that she ran into to like this guy that she knew growing up that would hunt rats by sound and like just kind of slowly stalk them and then just shoot like through floorboards or through the walls and just nail them every time so it, it's it just it can kind of uh it, it ties back into her story there in a very interesting and very in almost literal way yeah well like, it almost feels like a comedy at certain points with just the way that these the, that jane and hideo are it's it's so goofy it's such a weird kind of like tone shift that it, it's not it's not like it doesn't take me out of it it definitely feels like it fits within the characters in the world but it's just really funny because it, it just feels so just unexpected and you you the whole time throughout the whole story throughout the stories that we hear from the finn from molly about these yakuza assassins and how they're 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 tough to spot if you don't know because they just they they, they are so plain looking that they essentially disappear in a crowd just, just for sake of that, there's nothing remarkable about, uh, remarkable about how they look. They're insane killing machines. They're bred to kill. They're just insane. And we finally meet one, and he's just goofy. Not, and it's not even that specifically he's goofy like a clown, but it's just he's so polite, so nonchalant, and just when he's doing things that are supposed to be threatening it's in such a a way that he's being polite while he's doing it to where it's like he's like he's hurting them but then helping them after immediately afterward it's i don't know it's so strange yeah it's very it, it is very interesting it makes it makes him a very rich and kind of interesting char- character really really adds to like 
the the weirdness and distinctiveness of the story. Yeah, but um, Case tells Three Jane about what he where he had been with uh, Neuromancer on the beach, and she's like, "Oh yeah, that's where uh, Marie France was as a child, and that's where she came up with the philosophy of what eventually led her to creating the AIs." So neat. That's that you know once again never got fully realized because Ashpool killed her, uh, but now. Since Hideo is gallivanting off after Riviera, that's left Three Jane completely defenseless. So Malcolm gets his gun back, and Molly is more of a threat than she was before. So now they essentially have Three Jane, and they're they're like, "All right, you're gonna take us to the the Sanctum or whatever, where where the the head is that the that they're supposed to uh, jack into with the, the the word that's gonna free Wintermute." And there's this this moment where they're in this one person elevator, and there's four of them. Um, it's such a weird moment. <laughs> Case is like, he is, he's described as being pelvis to pelvis against three Jane, and her way of just kind of dealing with this situation is she starts grinding against him and laughing, and he's just I just I love his his reaction is stop that. <laughs> I, I don't know it's. I, I I had to stop and laugh at that. Just the him him being like, "Stop that!" It just it, it feels like I I don't know. I, I feel like it's, it's said in the same way that like to 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 do a really like deep call. Like you would tell back, a naughty dog. Uh, to throw a really deep reference back to our uh, our our, our yester years. Um, my my thought process is something more similar to like Demetria, stop that. <laughs> if uh, if if you if you remember that. <laughs> The lane and anything? No, it's uh, it's balloon shop. Oh, shoot! Yeah, okay. I think it's the it's the the dance off. That's right. Yeah, the, oh, okay. the Aerosmith dance off competition or whatever. Demetria, stop oh. that! That's right. I, it's been it's been a few too many years. I need to go back and review those. I think it's from that one. Know. It may it may be a different one, but I think it's I think it's that one because I think it's the same one with turning the coal. Turn that coal. Yeah, I think that, that's right. But I, I just love that, like, 3Jane is such a... Like, it seems like she's a very... Not necessarily sex-crazed, but... She's... A, she's, um... Very sexually-minded. And even in a situation where... I know that she's not really in danger. They're being threatening. And she knows that they don't want to kill her. And they know that they don't want to kill her. And they, and Malcolm has his, his shotgun, like, up against the bottom of her, of her head. Under, under her chin. And she's just like, "Hey, boy!" And just grinding up against him, and it's just—it's such a weird moment. It's just once again, just Three Jane is such a wonderful character. She's so weird, and I'm just—I'm having such a good time with it. Just, just her antics are—they really made this last section for me. So now they're—they're they're there in the central—the central matrix, for lack of a better term. And uh, Case Jackson. He has uh, he he talks to the flat line. the The virus is ready. They launch it, and uh, they're just they're traveling through, and it's it's he's like zipping through the matrix, and he's like seeing all of these like it's it's, it's like constructs, and and like he's in like the going through the cyberspace, and it's this big just kind of it's almost like its own world, and there's all of these things that he's going through, and then there's like this big black mass, and it's it's. It's like where Neuromancer is, and they bust through it, 
and Case becomes Dustin Hoffman from Rain Man all of a sudden because he knows all of this information. He's like, he's like, I know how many, uh, I, I know how many uh, teeth were on the, the 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 zipper of the jacket that Linda gave me on the beach. I know how many grains of sand there are, and it, it's all like this information overload, and uh, he sees like he sees Linda again, and he sees Neuromancer again. And uh, he's like, why'd you have Linda killed? And Neuromancer's like, I mean, I didn't. Wintermute didn't have her kill killed. I just I just saw... I, I, I essentially read the situation, based it off of the patterns on how, how these things tend to go, intuited what would happen, and just essentially watched it happen. It's like, yeah, I, I, I basically, I, I, I placed a bet based on probability, and it, I, you know, came up deuces. So, I don't know, I guess, I guess Linda Lee was really just killed by uh by dean and that that's really that or friends of dean or whatever so the ais had nothing to do with that which yeah and he he says something about how um linda lee was essentially doing it as a uh a, 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 an attention seeking stunt when she stole from him she's like she wanted him to stop her and i, I guess she was just desperate to uh, it, was, it, it felt like a just you know notice me case kind of moment I guess so. You know. Yeah, some people are like that. They 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 think that being in conf- conflicting situations and having these high emotional moments is part of being in a relationship. So they 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 seek out and and uh, in many cases seed and start conflicts. I I think it's safe to say in some respects Linda Lee was such a person. Yeah. Rip in peace, Linda Lee. You truly were a victim. But, um, yeah, and then uh, Molly, she's trying to get the word from uh, from from uh, 3 Jane, but 3 Jane ain't saying the safe word. So uh, Case jacks out, and he's just like, hey, uh, your life sucks. Give me the word, and your life might actually change for the better. And 3 Jane's like, fine, geez. So he goes back in, I guess now with the word, but... Um, I don't remember us ever being told what the word is. I, I guess it's not really that important. But he does it. And uh, he gets his like final goodbye with, with Linda, kind of. Uh, and that's that. He, he, he does it. The mission complete. Uh, Winter Mute's free. And uh, he, he, come, he, he jacks out. Uh, and the last thing he hears is, uh, someone telling Malcolm that, uh, Zion's going to be compensated for their, for a job well done. And, uh, then we get a a minor time skip. We're now in the final chapter of the book. Uh, do you got any, any final thoughts for the job for the big, big heist? No, that that's pretty much it. It it uh, it goes off as you said, like surprisingly smoothly in a lot of ways. There, some some touch and go moments, like the unexpected uh, suicide of, of Ashpool and 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 uh, and uh, Corto freaking out. But it, it it's it's interesting, and, and it kind of go kind of some might regard that as being anticlimactic. I think it is kind of. And maybe it is to a certain extent, but it, it does kind of also show, like this idea of, of when 
of Wintermute's um, superiority. Uh, maybe not superiority, but maybe that's part of it. But like you ingenuity, how, like you. Well, you mean well, you know how like he the the whole Linda Lee thing that you were just describing. It's basically just that in a larger scale. He just he lined up. He saw he saw the opportunity. He lined up what things would give him the best odds, and then he just he just rolled it and it and it went off exactly well maybe not exactly as he planned but good enough that he was able to uh to complete his uh his plan to free himself yeah it's 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 like i said um it's um outside of his occurrence on the beach with neuromancer once everything kind of fell apart with molly being captured uh they really did just kind of walk through the finish line. Like they they didn't really have any real issues. There were some like minor inconveniences, and like Case had the whole Neuromancer incident. But for everyone that's not Case, it's like I got a boo boo, but we're good. I think that's that's probably accurate. You know, it's it's a little different than I would put it, but yeah, essentially very very true. Yeah, so which I'm fine with. That's not that's by no means a critique. Um, I'm fine with that being how it worked out because the character moments were just so much fun with Malcolm and Three G and Hideo. I'm just like, dude, like absolutely sure. But um, anyways, job well done. Uh, Wintermute gave them a, a ridiculous amount of money. Uh, conveniently deleted the files that the Turing police had on them so they were the passports still work that Armitage gave them so they are uh, out of any hot water which really reinforces what I said last time about the Turing police situation where they they, they arrest all of them and then Wintermute kills all of them that it really was pointless it just it was a scene that happened and back to the plot we go it really felt like filler if I have any complaint with this book it's the Turing police section was pointless it didn't do anything it didn't amount to anything there were no consequences it was there purely to put artificial stakes in the book that amounted to nothing it's not that big of a deal i just wanted to point that out it's my only major criticism of the book but whatever it's fine i don't really care so here we are in 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 time has passed and case and molly have been staying together for however long it's been since then but now she's gone she left him a note it's basically just like hey kid we had some good times but uh the road's calling my name so have a good life and she leaves him his ninja star that he's been holding on to that was not uh a Chekhov's gun it just kind of existed it was there i guess it was a thing uh he goes back. He's back in Chiba City, and uh, he goes to go see. Goes to the bar to go see Rots or Rats or whatever. He doesn't recognize him. He's like, "Hey, it's me, Case." And he's like, "Oh, the artiste. Oh, no one comes back here. Whatever. See you later." And he leaves. Um, also, to to really just put a bow on all of these plot points so that there's no loose ends. Uh, apparently, this makes no goddamn sense to me. But wh- whatever. Um, Winter mute after achieving his ultimate goal and becoming a higher being programmed in to Case's brain the ability to produce the enzymes to eliminate the toxic or not to eliminate but to, to, to separate the toxic sacs from his his bloodstream and the Zionites flushed him out 
That's really convenient. I, 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 I don't know. I, I feel like there could have been a better way to do that other than just Wintermute's like, hey, your brain can do this now. Congratulations. I'm glad that Wintermute kept his promise and was like, I'll, 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 hey, I'm still going to give you the enzyme. Here you go. Like, you know, and I'm glad that that worked out, but it was very, uh, very convenient how that turned out. Uh, it was very interesting. He basically said to Case's body, hey, new enzyme just dropped. And <laughs> after that, uh, Case was just able to auto-synthesize the, um, the antidote. I, I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, he, he released a new patch for case.exe. This one fixed the bug where enzymes, uh, uh, where enzymes didn't exist. Added in enzyme DLC. <laughs> uh, it, it really did kind of, this final chapter, it really did feel like it was, it was like Gibson was like, here's the plot points that are kind of left open. Then I uh, just going to check that one off. All right. Just going to, just going to check that one off. All right. Now we're just going to check that one off. It does feel a little rushed, like it's just just kind of wrapping everything up really quickly in like four or five pages. Just like, all right, now no, 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 no. Uh, he spends most of his money getting a new pancreas and like liver, I think. Which not really sure why he did that because that's so he could use drugs again. Probably he, he could anyways though. Like he he was able to buy. Oh, well, but oh, I don't know. Maybe maybe you're right. I don't know. Uh, I, I maybe it's because he didn't want to have anything to do with anything that Wintermute gave him. Uh, I, I don't know, but he did that. Uh, just skimming this again. It was a new oh, and, and a new oh Sendai as well. Um, yeah, and so, like, how, how, how this ends is, um, Case, he buys his new pancreas and liver, he gets a new Ono Sendai, his little, his, his little hacking device conduit, and, uh, he meets a girl named Michael, and they start dating, uh, and the book ends with him just surfing the cyberspace waves, and he sees Neuromancer still with Riviera's eyes and constructs of Linda and himself. And Oh, we didn't talk about, about the, the flat line. Uh, Wintermute told back after when he was, when he, when he punched through the beach, when he was using the virus and all that, uh, Wintermute told him that was the point or Neuromancer rather Neuromancer told him at that point in time, that's when the flat line was erased and the flat line finally got what he wanted, which was to be deleted. Um, so, cause he asked what happened to, what happened to Dixie. Um, so that's what happened to Dixie. It was back then. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. Uh, but then here at the end, he sees, he sees Neuromancer, he sees Linda, he sees himself, and he hears Dixie's laugh. And that's how the book ends. The end. Yeah. Um, also, I just want to throw in one more thing about... Daniel, I said the, things... the end. Okay. Well, never mind. That's it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> No, but uh, one, of the, one of the things that uh, that um, the combined AI that was both uh, Neuromancer and Wintermute is one of the things that it talked about wanting to do. Um, it rather interestingly, because I think in some some ways, some you, uh, a more hack writer might just be like, "And now Neuromancer is here to destroy the world," you know, that kind of stuff. But it, one of the things that it talks about is it wants to contact other beings like itself. Oh, yeah. And, uh, 
Yeah, there was the one it found from the 70s from Alpha Centauri. Well, you know what that is, right? That's the, the you've heard of the wow signal? Yeah. That's what it is. It's it, he's he's trying it's um for for uh listeners that don't know what that is. Let me let me just pull that up. I, the wow signal uh was like a a, a radio signal that was detected in uh, 1977 by this radio telescope that was used to that they were using to, as part of the the search for extraterrestrial intelligence and um the uh, the signal came from you know i i guess the the, the direction of the constellation sagittarius and it, it had some sort of markings that that they determined as being extraterrestrial in origin so they were, when when uh, one of the astronomers was reviewing the data, you know he was looking at this the the readout and he was able to see. Um, uh, let's see. Let me, let me look. He saw the sequence and he 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 circles it and highlights it and writes in the margins of the report. Wow! With an exclamation mark. That's why it's called the wow signal. Um, and it's it's interesting that it was able to uh, they were they were able to detect an intelligible radio signal of some kind, um, which is something that has never happened either before or since. And a lot of people um, view that as as uh, uh, the strongest candidate um, for like some sort of proof of uh, extraterrestrial life or some sort of extraterrestrial intelligence at the very least. Yeah, so that that's a fun little little reference for for people who are aware of that. That is a really cool thing, and I, I highly recommend people dive into that rabbit hole if you ever feel interested in it. But yeah, um, for all intents and purposes, that's 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 Neuromancer. We, we did it. Another one for the for the books. Uh, yeah, I don't. I I really enjoyed this book. Um, I thought it was I thought it was good. Um, I think I will probably enjoy it more when I come back to it in a few years or whenever I do come back to it. When I have more of a grip. Or See, I think a lot of... I don't know. I, there, there, some people say this about a lot of books, but I think particularly Neuromancer benefits from a, would benefit from a reread. Because when, you're, when you read it the first time, you're, you're being thrown in into the deep end there's not a lot of uh preamble you don't there's not a lot of context for things that are happening words that people are using you're just like you know zero to 60 into into things and um there's going to be things particularly if you're a first-time reader that you're likely to uh not pick up on um certainly i was one of those those readers so sometimes i would have to go back and read things or consult uh summaries you know to be honest and it's it's um i don't know i thought it was it was very interesting i thought it was very good and but i think it's it's a it's a heavy lift it's it was not since the very first book that we read um house of leaves have i experienced as much confusion but having said that it is very good it's always very engaging and and uh, kind of like Dusty was saying, it's one of those things that I, you almost enjoy more in hindsight because you're thinking about back into these sequences, and it's it's really cool. Um, I really like the book a lot. I think this is some of the, the the more fleshed out and more 
interesting characters that we've read that we've covered in, in any of the books that we've covered um so i i really like it uh for those people that haven't read it yet i strongly recommend it um you know it's actually it's kind of interesting that it's um it's actually the first novel to win both to win all of the the nebula the hugo and the philip k dick awards um in for for sci-fi books so uh i feel like it's I think it's it's um it's a claim is very warranted and uh I encourage everybody to check it out. Yeah. Um I think you said it pretty well. Uh I really liked it. Uh it was weird. It was good. It was awkward. It was fun. It was frustrating. It was a lot of things. Uh but I liked it. I thought it was a fun book and like I mentioned earlier when we started I, I said I might even feel like I got that better kind of experience from it by the end of this just by talking about it because this is a book that I feel like I enjoy more in hindsight and I can safely say that yep that that wasn't the case that was talking about it really made me like it more than I did an hour and a half ago so uh did not change my rating though my rating is staying the same uh I'm giving this book an 8 out of 10 I enjoyed it it was fun uh I think it's it's worth it if you're into the genre uh, yeah, it's very good. Pretty quick read too. My my, I had the uh, I had the Kindle copy, and uh, it rounded out to be about two hundred and sixty pages. Yeah, that mine was about. I have a physical copy. Mine was about two seventy five, but I don't know. Not not uh, not not to. Uh, did take very long. Whenever when I was doing my. Uh, batching it up for the for our sessions it was it was a really quick read yeah so yeah that'll that'll do it for us uh that'll do it for neuromancer once again this is the sad boys book club and uh we will see you next time take care